0: What up, you guys? Welcome to Jay's Vantage, where we're exchanging our perspectives to expand our view. Let's see what topic's up next. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to Jay's Vantage. So, I am still reading through the book of Titus. I am not reading the book about the Apostle Paul still. Um, it is a very interesting book. It's just not a book that I care to continue to dive into. I tried it last year, didn't make it very far. <laughs> I tried it again, didn't even make it past the first chapter. So maybe it's not my season to read the book, but I still am interested in the study of Paul the Apostle. So last episode, I really focused on Paul in how he presented himself in the beginning of this um, book in how he announced who he was. Um, but now Paul is directing his mission he's giving Titus his mission and what God is calling him to do when he's at Crete um, so I've kind of broke down this episode by his assignment his instruction and his application and that's how it read to me um, obviously this is an open forum I would love for feedback of if anybody else is reading Titus what you have taken from this reading as well but he gives him instructions to appoint elders in every town. Okay, first of all, Crete has very many towns, okay? And when I think of elders, I think of old people. I also think of people that have read scripture for many years and can just quote it off the back of their head. Like, if you said, what's Joshua 1, verse 8, you could tell him. If you told them what book comes before Peter 1 and then comes after John one what obviously john two but what comes after certain books and what comes before certain books and what's exact scriptures just by telling the chapter and verse when i think of those elders that's what i'm thinking about but paul is very specific in titus appointing these elders what is he looking for what are the qualifications of an elder and it's not even by their what they have accomplished it's not about their level of popularity it's not about um their level in wealth it's not about their years and age he doesn't even put any of that into the description of what an elder could be in um, chapter 1 verse 8 he says these are the characteristics of an elder that you should be looking for they should be hospitable a lover of good works self-controlled upright holy and disciplined honestly those sound like qualifications are really good people in general right Um, I think holy is something that we really struggle with, like identifying with that we are called to be holy or that we are holy or seen as holy in God's eyes. Because, I mean, we think of that as like somebody that's untouchable, but it's a very reachable approach. Right. I think that's just like an honoring person. Um, Self-control. They even go into depth in that in chapter two of Titus in like what that means for self-control for a man, for a woman, for a young man. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like in upright and um, disciplined? Um, You can be disciplined in many things. It doesn't have to just be scripture. And I think in my walk with Christ, when I think of discipline, I've read the scripture, read the Bible at least three times this week. Or I spend every morning with God in scripture. But our discipline and our relationship with God could look different from everybody because we are are unique. We all are called to do things differently. We are not supposed to be doing things the exact same because life will be boring. And God knew that he wanted his kingdom to look exciting, to be different, to be vibrant. So your um, display of discipline might look different than someone else's. Yours could be that you worship more than the other person. Yours could be that you Pray more than the other person. But any way that you you connect with God, as long as you're disciplined in that, that is a characteristic of the elders that Titus was supposed to be looking for. So within those, I, I just found it interesting that it wasn't giftedness of age or giftedness of money or the way that you can talk to people, you know that you're approachable. Obviously, we want you to be hospitable, so you should be approachable. I mean, don't be rude. But, you know, an elder, to me, reading this was redefined by not when I think elder, I think of old people. Obviously, he wasn't specific in age. He wasn't specific in accomplishments, because to me, when I think of an old person, I think they've accomplished a lot in life because you've been here for a while, or at least I would hope that you had. So he's given him his assignment. Your assignment is to assign an elder in every town, which was a lot to say in the beginning. But then he gives him instructions on how to do that. And he starts that in chapter two by saying, "But for you," so he's he he's now shifting from like assignment to instruction. So he was like, "I need you to do this, but for you, this is what I need you to do to accomplish your assignment." And I think he also wanted to make sure that remind Titus that he is set apart from these people. You're set apart from the communities you walk in. Um, you're set apart from the environments that god is calling to you're set apart from the environments you sit in currently you're set apart from the roles that you have you're set apart as a mom you are the only person to be that specific mother that specific wife that specific daughter that specific employee the specific podcaster the specific blogger the specific author the specific movie maker you are only called to do what you're called to do in your environment because you're set apart your uniqueness sets you apart so he's saying but as for you titus verse 7 chapter 2 says show yourself in all respect to be a model of good works so throughout chapter 2 um he's setting the stage for his instruction he now titus should now know that he is called not only to be appointed to choose these people, but he's also appointed to be an example for these people. So with that, he has two res- two things that go with that. You now have authority and you now have responsibility. Um, his responsibility isn't just to be knowledgeable of Scripture and to just say, you know, God chose me to lead you all and to appoint the right people to lead the rest of you in each town. He didn't do that. You are also, he's also supposed to display these characteristics of hospitability, a lover of good works, self-control, self being upright, being holy, being disciplined. He has to also be an example. And also in achieving this, he has authority. In verse 15, it says, declare these things, meaning you have the power of life and death when it comes to your tongue. You can speak into these people and you can raise up this next generation that God is calling to you, calling you to in creed or... You can tear them down. You can tear them apart. You can disqualify them with just telling them that, you know, you don't know enough scripture or just that you're too young. Um, But now Paul is transitioning from, first of all, I'm writing to you. he, He started off in chapter one in the beginning, introducing himself. Hey, this is who I am. I don't know if you know, if you don't know, now you know, if you don't know, now you know, here I am. And then he said, this is what I'm calling you to do. I'm calling you to appoint elders in every town, which is a lot of towns, but I'm calling you to do it. I've given you instructions, not only on how to identify these elders, but also for yourself. I have instructions for you and how to um, dis- showcase yourself and to walk into your authority and what that looks like. It looks like doing the same things you expect your elders to do, but you, in order for your elders to buy into it, you have to be an example of it. You also have to know the responsibilities and authority that comes with it. You can't just be talking willy nilly and just saying, you know, these are the qualifications just because this is what I want to know. You have to walk within those walls of your calling. So chapter three was pretty enlightening as well because they, now he's giving him application, okay? He's saying, you know, the work that I'm calling you to do is to uh, appoint these elders. I've told you how to do it, but now I'm telling application. I need you, and he starts off strong. In chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Be ready for every good work. Be ready is an active thing you have to do. That means to not live a passive life. Don't just sit here and wait for things to happen. Be ready for when God calls you into the next phase of your life. Be ready when God leads you into the next phase of your life. Be ready when that next person, God, sends your way for you to disciple. Be ready for whatever God calls you to do. And when it says, when I mean by whatever, I want you to remember, because when I hear good works, good works means it's going to be a happy journey. It's going to be easy. It's going to be something I'm going to be excited about. (laughs) But all work isn't good or fun. I mean, all work is good. Take it back. All work is good, right? Because we're doing it, the right purpose we're giving it to through the right person god we're led through it by the right person god and we're challenged through it by the right person god so it's good works right but when i think of good works i don't think of something i think of something fun i think of something exciting i think of something immediate but not all good works turn out that way some good works are hard some good works are challenging some good works are tiring some good works takes patience some good works a lot means I have to change a lot of me for it to work. Um, and sometimes it means I need to continue to pour into others in order for it to work, which not means that that's going to be any easier. Um, because some people in the work that we're called to do is waiting for that transformation of the heart. You can't do any of this work without, um, God transforming you by his grace and pouring out his um, Holy Spirit for us to be able to walk in our calling joyfully and do it the right way. So regardless of the good works, be joyful in knowing that he chose you and wanted you to do this work. In chapter 3, verse 5, it says, But according to his own mercy, by the regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, We are allowed to do this good work. So have joy, have peace, have comfort, have excitement in the work and whatever God called you to do because he chose you. He wants you. He chose your uniqueness. He chose your unique set of criterias to be able to do the work. And also along the way, if you're working with other people to get that work done, which nothing in life is done by yourself, you have to remember to honor others around, around you along the way because in verse 3, he reminds us, for us, for we ourselves, once. We once were those people that didn't know God. We weren't once were those people that didn't have the characteristics of self-control and discipline and hospitality, to be hospitable, a lover of good works, um, holy or disciplined. We all didn't have these characteristics going into the good works that we're called to do. So be patient with the people around you um, in doing the work and in, in completing the work. Um, but overall, be ready for good works, whatever that work looks like. That work could be not so good in our eyes. That work could be very tiring work. It could be very stressful work. It could be very long work. But it's all good because it's coming from the right person and we're and through those challenges god is giving us grace he is giving us mercy he is still filling us up with joy he's giving us peace along the way um so in all work is good but but be ready just like titus is teaching the people in creed just like um titus as an example has to continue to be ready for the challenges that might come with him pointing appointing these elders be ready for good work